Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m., Monday Wednesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy. And uh, hold on, hold on. I'm getting an emergency text message here. <laughs> Vince was with me. And I'm like, I come in and I'm like, Vince is gone. I guess his computer restarted, rebooted on him. So we apologize for that. But uh, today's show, uh, Beyond the Illusions, and we're going to be talking about what is going on? The political war that's about to go kinetic globally, at least here in the United States as well. Um, so it's about to get very, very interesting. I know people are out there saying military is the only way. I wish that was the case. I think that their military is what did a lot of this original investigation. But I think at the end of the day, what we're going to find out is the people, the people are the only way. It's you and me that have to push back and fight back. We are the only ones that can truly do this. And we can talk a little bit about that tonight, about the 10th Amendment, about the legal actions that you can take right now. And, and this is actually interesting because you and I can start filing lawsuits against all of these people that we're going to discuss tonight because they have performed an act of criminality on this country, which is against you. It's against the American people. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. If you're new here to the Red Pill Project, to the Daily Dose, please subscribe there. Subscribe over on redpills.tv. Go on over there. But this is where we talk about the unfolding global conspiracy, the new world order that is being formulated and implemented around the world, the infiltration of our social, our political, our economic, our cultural, our institutional, and our academic systems here in the United States of America. Uh, we have been grossly infiltrated from our border all the way to our institutions and uh this country has been taken over from the inside and we're seeing this with the uni party that we have ruling in washington dc and we're at that point in time where humanity is waking up and saying no more and in the united states of america we are fighting back with our words and with our influences right now and we're moving to a whole different degree of fighting back and as trump said last week he says the final battle is in 2024. Vince Tagliavia, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I I'm good, man. What happened there? It was one minute you're there, the other minute you're like, <laughs> I, look, I looked at the relax and I came back and you were gone. Uh, you know, my computer just had a mind of its own and decided to restart <laughs> right randomly. I'm kind of like a little concerned, actually. It's weird. Well, you got to go into those settings and change that all up. That's what I had to do on mine. But uh, glad to have you here, Vince. And so what is new in your neck of the woods? What, what, what is your take on what's happening in the world today? Ooh, I think there's a lot of corruption that needs to be coming to light. And if not, then we're in for a real bumpy ride. And if so, we're in for a real bumpy ride. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I think that we need to start taking some uh, some action, and I think that mm. that action needs to be uh, focused around litigation against these people. I think that there are a lot of criminal lawsuits that we can begin bringing up against these people. 
Um, I'm curious to see why um, Congress isn't doing such or the states aren't doing such. You know, right. I talked about this a little bit last night. I wanted to get this out there. That's why I was I'm typing at the same time. I forgot to put our social media um, blurbs out there about the shows live. So I had to get that out there. But one thing that I am kind of not understanding. What's that? When we look at everything that happened here, right? So beyond the illusion, beyond the veil of deception that we've seen here. 2016 to 2020, we had various points of election interference. Starting in 2015, 2016, Hillary Clinton coming out and starting the whole Russia disinformation campaign against Donald Trump. It was literally called Clinton Intelligence um I think it was called the Clinton intelligence campaign. This was discussed August 16th, 2016 in the white house with Barack Obama, John Brennan, Joe Biden, uh, Loretta Lynch. were all there. James Comey, they all discussed it and they talked about a political contender, a Democrat political contender against a Trump, a Trump campaign, mm -hmm. um, how this political contender was going to propagate and distribute various narratives about Russia collusion with Donald Trump. And they knew about this. This is literally in John Durham's report, John Brennan's notes, which are declassified. Okay. Literally says this in there. Okay. Yeah. Which, which means that the, the head of the FBI, the vice president, the president, the head of the CIA, they all knew that this was bullshit. That, that everything coming from Hillary Clinton was nothing more than a smear campaign against Donald Trump. They knew this. But yet, anyways, after he wins the election, they decide to take the information that came out from this political hit job, from this smear job, politicize it, and use it to bring about an impeachment. Yep. Use it to bring about the Mueller investigation. $33 million of Americans' taxpayer money spent, which brought about the prosecution of of Carter Page, um, of Mike Flynn, of all these people, right? Yeah. Okay, so they ruined people's lives over this. And we're finding from the Mueller report that it exonerates Donald Trump, that there was no Russian collusion. It was all a big lie perpetuated by Hillary Clinton, the DNC. And nobody's been held responsible for that. Well, this is interesting because this now flows into 2020's election. Because the same narrative was then again fed into the mainstream media about Donald Trump, Russia collection, uh, Russia collusion. The first impeachment was used against him. But then yeah. also the Hunter Biden laptop, which they then prefaced as Russian disinformation. 51 yeah. former heads of the intelligence agencies came out, all signed the letter, which they knew, knowingly knew it was not Russian disinformation. The former one of the former members of the CIA, I believe that this was CIA Director Burns, who was active mm -hmm. under Trump, is the one who helped propagate this. The current Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, is the one that pushed the letter to these former heads of the intelligence community, asking them to sign this letter because it would help Joe Biden in the debates. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This goes on for years. So right now, what we have is a group of people that conspired against a then political candidate, then president elect, then president of the United States um, conspired against him. They produced a position of sedition because what they did, false documentation, falsification of evidence, false testimony, um, providing 
false accusations, all these types of things. Adam Schiff is involved in this as well. They, they provided all this to the government, the DOJ, investigations happened. That's sedition. That's treason. That, that, is, that is a yes. political coup. Okay? And so they've done real damage to this country because here's the thing, is if none of that ever happened, if Hillary Clinton never created this false scheme, this scam, okay, what would have Donald Trump have accomplished in 2016? Secondarily, he most likely, if the Hunter Laptop disinformation op and Russian collusion op never happened, he most likely, and let's say they just didn't steal the 2020 election. Right. right. Sure. Right. So we look at this in the sense that if none of that ever happened, where would our country be today? They've stolen Man. from the American people. They've caused grave danger. Here, here's the other aspect of this. What, what if Joe Biden, and I don't believe this for one minute, but what if Joe Biden legitimately won the 2020 election? And that'd and be the great. The factor was the Hunter Biden laptop story where 51 oh. intelligence heads came out and said, hey, look, no, the Hunter Biden laptops, Russian disinformation, Trump's doing this. Which means that that is massive election interference. It turned the tides of the election. Yeah. So, so if all that's the case, they've done severe, grave damage against the United States of America, which is the people. So that means they've done damage against you. So my curiosity, because Congress is very limited. Congress does not have... Um, judicial power. They do not have the power to prosecute. And we know that the Department of Justice under Biden is not going to prosecute anybody. So my question is, is where the fuck are the states? Yeah. W where is Texas, Louisiana, Florida? Why aren't they filing lawsuit after lawsuit on behalf of the people against the federal government, against the Joe Biden administration, against them individually, suing Absolutely. them in civil suits, not only criminal, but civil suits? Yeah. Where's the American people coming together and not suing Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, John Brennan for election interference, for taking away our vote, for disenfranchising the American people, potentially billions upon billions of dollars of which we've lost yep. in actual real American wealth over the last few years? The question is, is where are the lawsuits? Civil and criminal. Where are they? The There's states have the ability. I'm sorry, Vince. I know. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The states have the ability to bring criminal charges. Well, people are like, well, Josh, no, hold on. It's a, it's a felony. No, no, no. Election laws are state. Okay. True. Are state operated. So if the Hillary Clinton campaign violated state election laws, she could be criminally prosecuted in each one of those states of which she did the same thing with Barack Obama, John Brennan, all of them, everybody who signed that letter, the 51 people who signed that letter, they can all be tried in these states for breaking state election laws. This is election interference people. Not only that is that's treason against the United States of America. Every state has the right to prosecute that. So I'm yeah. curious, where's where's Paxton in Texas? Where's the lawsuits, people? That's what we're wondering. Because people are demanding justice right now. People are like, we want fucking heads roll. Yeah. Right? Impeachments aren't enough. Like, oh, they're gonna impeach Adam Schiff. They're gonna they're, uh, I guess uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's gonna provide letters of impeachment against Joe Biden tomorrow. Um, great. You know what? Great. Fantastic. It's going to get through the Congress and it's not going to get through the Senate because you need two thirds majority. You need a super majority in the, in the Senate in order for that to happen. Right. But either way, what, what does it matter? So you're going to, you're going to take a vote and say that Joe Biden's a bad guy and he shouldn't be president, but nothing's going to happen.
Right. How about one of the members of Congress goes out there and they vote on the 25th Amendment, a violation of the 25th Amendment or the 14th Amendment for Joe Biden saying, hey, we have substantial evidence of criminal activity where Joe Biden was um, conducted into conspiracy of defrauding the American people, of conspiring against the American people, of election interference, as well as massive federal violations of FARA. Um, and, and treason against our country. So therefore, he disqualifies himself under the 14th Amendment as president of the United States. It hasn't been judicially tried, but if Congress goes about and votes on that and says, boom, now they can send a criminal referral to the DOJ. So why isn't any of that happening? I'm pissed. The system is just that corrupt. People's hands are tied that much. People are threatened, all this stuff. It's just that dirty of a system. The system is truly that bad, people. You know, I, I listened to a little bit of Glenn Beck today, and um, man. Yeah. What's he saying? He, he, he nailed it right on the head. Um, I got to find this real quick. I want to find this real quick because I want to get my... Okay, there it is. Do you know who Ricky Vaughn is? No. You don't remember the, the Charlie Sheen movie from the 1990s called Major League where Ricky Vaughn was the pitcher? Josh, right? come on. No, I don't saying. know. Okay. <laughs> Douglas Mackey. Does that name ring a bell? No. So Douglas Mackey, Mackey is the one in 2016... This? Mm -hmm. right before the election, posted the meme on Twitter that said, um, don't forget Republican, or don't forget to vote by phone tomorrow, text your votes to this number, right? Remember this? No. So he had a text tweet out votes. there, and let, let me find the, uh, I want to oh. find exactly what it says. Was it a personal poll to figure out who's voting for who? No, no. Oh. Um, he said... Where is it? So basically, he said it was uh, it was right before the election, and he said, "Hey, don't forget Democrats to go out and vote tomorrow. You can vote by text. Text this wow. number." And it, it was B it was BS. Uh huh. He's facing ten years in jail for that meme that he posted on Twitter because they're wow. saying that he interfered with people's right to vote. Wow. Right. That's and he's a conservative, right? Gosh. Yeah, so he was arrested in Palm Beach, Florida, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, this is back in January, on federal election interference charges related to the disinformation campaign during the 2016 election. The charges demonstrate federal prosecutors' newfound focus on the use of Twitter and other social media platforms to undermine elections and suppress the vote. Mackey allegedly conspired with four unnamed Twitter users to create and disseminate memes designed to dupe people particularly black and Latinx voters in casting invalid votes by po uh, posting on Facebook and Twitter or sending a text message to a specified text code, according to the recently unsealed federal complaint. Excuse me. Now, do you know how many victims actually did not vote? Oof, no so idea. they had about 1,700 people actually text the number, which happened to be the DNC's number. And the DNC contacted those people immediately and said, no, you actually have to go and vote. And zero votes were lost for Hillary Clinton during that whole time. So wow. there was no victim. He's facing 10 years in jail for spreading this meme. What's his name? Should I know this person? Do Douglas Mackey. Okay. So he was just charged this year. 
This man posted a meme which told people in a very sat satri satirical way to text a number to vote. Silly. Hillary Clinton paid a million dollars to Christopher Steele to go out there and create a whole bunch of fake information on Donald Trump into what became known as the Steele dossier. This was then leaked by the FBI. So this was then handed over to the FBI by Fusion GPS and then leaked by member Sussman is the one who gave the FBI and then leaked from the FBI to the media. Okay. Of which the Mueller investigation and an impeachment came about it. It was massive election interference. Every bit of the information in that document was inherently false. Bullshit, garbage, made up, paid for, a million dollars paid. It was disseminated all around the country. John McCain's the one who leaked it to the media. Okay. The media ate it up, knowingly knowing that it was false information. The Democrat Congress moved forth with impeachment investigations, knowing the information was false because Comey knew it was. August 16, 2016, Comey, Brennan, Brennan, Lynch, Obama, Biden, they were all there in the meeting where they knew Hillary Clinton was going to release defaming information against Donald Trump that was inherently not true. This is in the They fucking knew it in August. They went ahead and released it. Comey knew this, this information was absolute garbage and then testified in front of Congress saying, no, it was absolutely legitimate. And these people are facing zero years in jail. You want to talk about a two-tier justice system? Douglas Mackey facing 10 years in jail for posting a fucking meme that was laughing at Democrats' culpability, saying, text this number if you want to vote. Vote on Wednesday. Hillary Clinton puts a million dollars into a, a dossier to dig up false information on a political candidate, causes one impeachment, causes a whole fucking three-year-long Mueller investigation, causes a massive election interference, Millions upon millions of dollars of government money spent on it, and everybody of the former administration knew it. That's a two-tier justice system right there. 100% it is. You know, and plus the Hunter Biden information, this stuff actually changed people's votes massively, and they still lost, which is hilarious, but um, then they ended up stealing the next election. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they actually did uh, committed a lot of crimes and nothing's been shown for it yet. And uh, I hope we see something, but you think we'd see it by now. Yep, I, I agree. So our country needs justice. And, and Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn was right the other day to say, that what needs to happen immediately is the FBI, I say it's the FBA, FBI along with every federal armed federal administration with investigatory powers under the DOJ, DHS, every single one of them need to be shut down. CIA, yeah. shut down. Everything needs, you need to have a government-wide suspension, okay? And just say, look, go home, take time off, we're going to review computers, all this type of stuff. And then the president, Trump, needs to just come in and they go fired, 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 fired. Just clean everybody out. And you start it small. You start it small back up. But I, this needs to be completely cleaned and wiped out. Now, the FBI came out. We 
We learned our mistake. We're so sorry. The things in that, we, we corrected them. You've you corrected corrective a, actions. Yeah, you've corrected a, a, a conspiring president and vice president against the incoming president. You've corrected the FBI director at the time, knowing that this information was absolutely false and bullshit and allowing it to move into the Mueller investigation and to an impeachment. You fixed all that. You haven't done shit. And you know what needs worse. to happen is, is all the red states need to start take the federal government and say, get the fuck out of our state. FBI field office, shut down, get out. Just like embassies, get out. All these red states need to just shut the, uh, the federal government out. You, yeah, federal corrupt. government, all of your administrations, all everybody, get out of our state. You're not allowed here anymore. That's what needs to happen effective immediately. And, and I'm waiting for red state governors to stand up with a fucking spine and a big old set of balls and start doing what needs to be done. But the majority of those red states, right, they're under attack by illegal immigration. Go figure. The biggest one that yeah. would actually make these moves. Yeah, and it puts a real strain on states. And uh, I think that uh, states are scared to make that move because of the money issue and uh, the corruption that exists even at the lower levels coming from above. So, so the money issue, this is a, a great transitional point. So yesterday we talked how they decreased $56 billion in the treasury fund. And I said this was most likely the buy-up that they did on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, why would they top off the Strategic Petroleum Reserve right before a default crisis? To have fuel. <laughs> to have fuel. Because yeah. they see a pending disaster incoming. Yep. Okay. Um, which means that it leaves them about $85, $86 billion to last till the end of the year. It, that's not going to happen. That's their burn rate is like I think eight point nine billion a day, or like twenty point two billion a day. So that's not going to happen. So, in the, I don't think it's going to last another fourteen days to June first. I think we're going to default way before June first. I was talking to Doctor yeah. Kirk Elliott this morning on the uh, Dark Delight show. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I want to give you guys a perspective that nobody's talking about. Love How it. many bank collapses have we had uh, since January? What, four or five? Oh, uh, yeah, a few. What was the reason for these bank collapses? They couldn't pay their debts. Right. So the amount of liabilities outweighed the amount of credits, right? The amount of sure. money they had inflow coming back to them was lower than the amount of debt that they had to pay out, right? And that came about because... A lot of these banks bought into U.S. bonds that are now underwater, paying less than a dollar, uh, pennies on the dollar for interest. Where other bonds, short-term bonds right now, are paying actually pretty good 45 to 5% interest rates. Now, with those bonds, who pays out the interest payments? Who? Who pays the interest payments on those know. bonds through the banks? The federal government. Okay. Right. So if you buy a bond, the federal government pays you quarterly okay. for that bond. So if it's four and a half percent, you got a hundred thousand dollars in there. That's forty five hundred dollars each or four forty five hundred dollars divided by four each quarter. You're going to get that sum of amount. Okay? OK. So these banks, the majority of their holdings is in U.S. bonds. It doesn't matter if it's a long term U.S. bonds that we're talking about or short term. OK. OK. Now, these banks that we just saw have had a trillion dollars removed just this year 
trillion dollars last year of deposits, a trillion dollars this year of deposits, which means that the amount of money that they have for fractional reserve banking to work with and distribute is, is very, very bad. Okay. So the amount of deposits coming in, their liabilities in a sense are decreasing, but this is a workable liability. It's a credible liability that's decreasing. So they don't have money to go out there and buy new bonds to bring in new income because mm. that money just decreased by a trillion dollars. So the majority right. of their assets are sitting in what mortgage backed securities and long-term debt and long-term bonds. Now the mortgage backed securities, well, how does that operate? Well, interest rates are too high. So all that's coming down in value as well. Vince, if the government defaults on its debt, there's nobody to pay those interest payments to those bonds. If the so that if means the, it would cause a cascading effect. The government fails and all the banks fail. Ta-da! So I want everybody to see this. If the government defaults, which it has $85 billion left, and that's about a three-day run rate, okay? If the government defaults, which it's going to, unless they come up with a plan literally by Friday, the government's going to default on its debt. Okay. When that happens, they will not be able to issue payments for those bonds interest rates, which means that those banks that have that income coming from that interest, whether it's less than, a, you know, less than the pennies in the dollar or more, will no longer receive that money. Plus deposits are moving out of them. I would tell you right now, this is, this is what I'm going to say, is that we're most likely going to default on the U.S. debt within the next two weeks, some point in the next two weeks. If there is no resolution found by them, and I don't think there's going to be because I think that the Republicans are going to hold out as long as possible because they're trying to be fiscal, because there's a lot of conservatives that have very strong values saying no more, we're done with it, right? I think that they're going to try to hold out. When this happens, what you're going to see is these banks begin the cascade collapse. Boom, 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 boom. But then that fits into exactly what I've been saying was going to happen. These banks will begin failing and centralization of that banking power will begin to happen into the big six and then they will be nationalized by the federal government. Now, if you remember in Canada, the minister of, of treasury in Canada from the video yesterday, what did she say? <laughs> well, all these Canadians, they got, they got tons of money in their savings accounts. We're hoping oh. we can use that money to get itself out of this debt. Oh, yeah. I thought that was Australia. Was that Canada? It was Canada. Oh, God. Yeah. They want to take people's savings to get them out of the... To bail yeah. them out. Crazy. So now, now, put your perspective into this. The U.S. government, last month, through the, through the Department of the Treasury, FDIC, which is a private insurance company, has said that the FDIC will cover all banking deposits, $250,000 for savings and check-ins accounts for every single person in the United States of America. That's $17 trillion worth, or $16 trillion now, $16 trillion worth of de bank deposits, okay, that the FDIC has to cover, which the FDIC holds a balance sheet of about $8.5 <laughs> okay? Um, so the Treasury has said that we're going we're gonna to save the American people if this does happen. How does that work? Well, think about what happened with First Republic. The government stepped in and seized their assets. So this means that if your bank collapses, the government's going to step in and seize your assets. That includes the money in your savings account and your checking account. Sure. Okay. Gosh, yeah. Now we begin to see how this whole thing begins to unfold into something we tr we really don't want it to, to move into. It could move and it to I, straight up 
communism because what's going to ah. happen to all the people who are retired let's say they have a million dollars in their uh couple savings accounts and whatnot and you know whatever maybe they have whatever let's say they have a million bucks cash mm-hmm. and some assets that gets taken away how are they going to earn a living they're 68 retired now you see the bigger picture well the government could come in and say hey we could give you a little bit of food every week and we're going to move you into a smaller house well, and this you is, can't have a dog anymore is. yeah so this is the beginning of, of communism, guys. The Republicans, I said, are in on this from the beginning. If the Republicans coming in there, come in there right now and say, look, we got a resolution, pass it through, I guarantee you the Democrats are going to blame them and say, nope, they're not playing along the game. They're going to deny it, and Joe Biden's not going to sign it. I guarantee you the Republicans will have some type of solution passed through Congress by the end of the week. And the Democrats will blame the Republicans and say, no, they're trying to push this in there or put this in there or whatever. Yeah, and it won't get approved because what they want is they want the banks to collapse. This is the beginning of this transition that we've been talking about. Okay, so what we're about, and here's the thing: is think about this timing right now. Okay, GOP Representative Anna Paulina Luna submits House resolution to expel Adam Schiff from Congress. So you have basically an impeachment expulsion of Adam Schiff from Congress because he lied. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy considers removing Adam Schiff. He talked about this because of the Durham report. You have Marjorie Taylor Greene putting in articles of impeachment against Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, Joe Biden, I believe Kamala Harris. This is supposed to be tomorrow. So all these impeachments are coming around right now because of this Durham report. They, they need a distraction. They need something to consolidate the power and shut up Congress. And a better time than the than the present. And what what an interesting time for Biden just to decide to not be in the country, huh? Yeah. Huh. Where is he? Ireland, uh, South Scotland? I don't know. Where is he going? Joe Biden. I knew yeah. he cut his trip short the other day. Had a look. He was at the G7 summit and he, he cut it short and came back. Um Oh, it's in limbo, I guess they're saying. Yeah. So oh. here, here's another thing to kind of show what we're also happening. I remember yesterday I talked about Argentina's on the verge of a collapse. For the yeah. longest time, I've been talking about Japan is on the verge of collapse. Yeah, um, which is a big one. It'll be a Tons of countries around the world are on the verge of collapse. Yeah. The energy transition has a metal problem. Large traders expect much higher prices for copper in the near future. A transition to net zero would thus require much more copper than we are producing now on a global scale. The long lead time for exploration to production is a growing problem for many metal industries. Copper prices this week fell to the lowest level since November on weak economic data from China, yet the International Copper Study Group, a group of copper exporters and importers, just said it expected a deficit of metal by the end of this year. China is rushing to invest in new copper smelting capacities and mining across the world massively so copper is what about three to four dollars a pound right now i think traded on the markets Mm -hmm. and um i would highly recommend for anybody out there who's interested in metals it's a fun start picking up copper it's a fun one because you can hold these big copper bars and it's not very expensive yeah you can go out and buy like 100 pounds of copper for like 300 bucks yeah, and it's good. It's a very good thing to have yeah. for manufacturing and stuff like this, which is why it's so valuable. And for everybody out there to get a, a visualization, 
uh, silver right now is an incredible conductor of electricity. The problem is, the is silver's, it's the, yeah, it's the well second best, but no, it's, it's the best for sure. Okay, it is. Well, uranium is uranium and gold. No. no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Well, silver is the best conductor so. of electricity. So, but the problem is with silver is it's twenty two dollars an ounce, so it's kind of expensive. A lot of the new batteries and the new generators being developed are being developed through copper. These go into almost every single electrical appliance as well as um, new electric car, EV, um, solar panel. All these things have copper in there. So there's a massive increase in the demand of copper. The copper price is probably going to move. And I'm, 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 Listen, guy, I've been doing this for well over a decade in the financial analysis side. Copper is going to move about nine to twelve dollars uh, a pound. Oh man, they could. It's going to three to four x, and that, I think that's just this year. Okay. Yeah. Especially they want all this. It's a weird dynamic. This uh, because they want everything that, to go towards the, the green new deal and all this, the green agenda. Right. You need a lot of copper. You need a hell of a lot of copper. And so I'm telling you that I think in the next five years, copper will probably go to the price of silver, about $25 a pound. It's not in ounces, it's in pounds, but you're going to see it move up, guaranteed. And I think that you could see probably a 10x on its current price point today. So if you're in the markets, if you're in the future markets, go out there and, and go two years down the road and buy your copper now. Ooh, wow. Dude, yeah, it could. Yeah. Uh... My gosh. It's weird that we don't mine in the US, huh? Yeah. It's almost impossible. Go buy $3,000 worth of copper futures for 2025. Hold on to them. You'd be raking in the money. Yeah, man. Well, you know, we're one place that we're actually seeing um, some progress. And this is the, kind of like the interesting thing is Arizona is one of those states that the Dems hadn't completely infiltrated. But the 2020 election made them have to make moves very, very fast. And those moves were noticed, and they tried to oh. cover them up. And then in 2022, with Carrie Lake's election, um, they really didn't have the implementation that they would want because there's still you know, people watching. And uh, they got caught. And it looks like Arizona, because the judges in Arizona are traditionally conservative. And so this was a completely different name. Maricopa County Signature Reviewer testifies in Carrie Lake trial that she felt pressured by supervisors sending already rejected signatures back to them for approval, of which they came back and approved 274,000 ballot signatures approved in less than three seconds. That's a lot. Yeah. Gosh. Let, let's, let's listen to this testimony. This is, this is big. getting it right. It's simply they are not physically capable of reviewing the signature, both from the standpoint of being able to do an assessment with respect to the procedures, but also with respect to the functionality of the computer. When the images, you have to scroll down to check the record signature. You don't see the scrolling down function. What that log data shows, Your Honor, is that over 274,000 ballots were approved at less than three seconds each. That includes one signature verifier, 
who approved 100% of the 26,900 signatures that he verified at less than three seconds a signature. Maricopa's log file data shows that 11 of these signature verification workers approved 170,000 signatures at a rate of less than between zero and 2.99 seconds with a 99.97% approval rating. That's not signature review, Your Honor. Simply flashing a signature on the screen, clicking a button and moving on is not signature review. As I said, the evidence will show that Maricopa knew exactly what was going on. They could monitor each of their workers and in fact told them that they were being monitored. Oh man, this is getting good. And what he's trying to say there is that to review it, you have to scroll down. It takes a few seconds, so you have to pull it up, scroll down, validate the both signatures, pull up the other person's signatures, a process that usually takes probably 30 seconds to, to a minute. And he's saying they're doing this between one to three seconds. Just wow. processing. That's all they're doing. They're yep. just putting it through. Wow. So we could potentially see some fireworks in Arizona. And I'm telling you that that could potentially be Katie Hobbs being removed from governor and Carrie Lake being installed as governor. Or it goes to an emergency election in Maricopa County only with paper ballots. Because this is all around Maricopa County. And the only way to solve that, to find out who won, really won, is to do... Hey, look, you know, we're pulling back all the electorals from Maricopa County. That basically, I think Carrie Lake would actually have the lead. And then with Maricopa County, they would count on paper ballots one day to vote. This is the day. And I guarantee you, Carrie Lake would win. This could be big. Ooh, I hope so. It should be. Yep. So U.S. Secret Service is investigating how an intruder was able to walk into National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan's home in Washington, D.C. in the middle of the night. Isn't that wild? It, it is kind of wild because he has security, right? He has Secret Service, security, Capitol Police, all this with him. And some intruder was able to walk into his house in the middle of the night. Hmm. And you notice how we, know, we don't know the name of that intruder or, or who that person is or any of that? It's probably the <laughs> who was that bandit who got the Pelosi guy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I think it's a little bit different. I think that uh, it, 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 I, I think he was getting a blowjob. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right, FBI Director Christopher Ray faces articles of impeachment for targeting pro-lifers and Catholics. Uh, it is unacceptable for the director of the FBI or any civil officer to exercise his power in a way that targets one political class while doing favors for the other, according to Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene's office. Under Ray's watch, the FBI has intimidated, harassed, and entrapped American citizens that have been deemed enemies of the Biden regime. As such, Director Ray has turned the FBI into Joe Biden and Merrick Garland's personal police force. And you know what? He's a Trump appointee. <clears throat> I thought he was a sleeper, man. Thought Ray was a sleeper. Yeah, a sleeper commie. Mm. Yeah, man. 
any it's just so corrupt so corrupt and maybe hey, he wasn't so, always but yeah so uh no. on monday an asian man assaulted several members of the democratic congressman's staff with a baseball bat did you hear about this i uh, yeah, vaguely yeah briefly so according to the washington free beacon 49 year old Juan Ka Tran Pham attacked oh, yeah. two staffers for Congressman Jared Connolly's office with an aluminum bat. He had previously attacked two police officers in January of 2022, stealing one of the officer's stun guns before being arrested. Despite facing charges including resisting arrest and assault on law enforcement, the charges against Pham were dropped by Fairfax County uh, Commonwealth Attorney Steve Descano, a George Soros-appointed DA. The original incident stemmed from a mental health crisis and charges were dropped as part of the agreement that ensured the defendant was receiving mental health services in compliance with treatment. Descano was first elected in 2020 after his campaign was heavily funded by Far Light Justice and Public Safety PAC, which is bankrolled by Soros. Descano has made a similar soft-on-crime decision in the past, including reducing charges against a man who had been arrested for abduction that went on to murder two homeless men during that period of time that he would have been in prison for the original abduction charges. Now, who is Juan Catron Pham, the guy who attacked these members of Jerry Connolly's office with a loom bat? He just... Uh, well, hold on. One connection that I find really interesting oh, there, is okay, go the Soros connection. Right. It's almost like they target mentally ill people and then all of a sudden they're now attacking political people. Like, I don't think there's a coincidence there. I think this is intentional. Well, yeah, so he was uh he also faces additional hate crime charges for attacking a white woman with his baseball bat earlier the same day. Whoa. So <clears throat> this is so this fan man is massively mentally ill. He was let go, sought to go get mental help on his own accord after these first initial tri tr charges in Fairfax County. Bring and back I guarantee the you he's a radical lefty. We need to bring back the crazy houses, I think. I think so, too. Maybe. Um, Suleiman Ahmed, uh, a gentleman who is usually on uh, the, the, the Twitter spaces, a uh, man that I've uh, talked to before a few different times in Twitter spaces, uh, says, FBI exposed for agenda against conservatives and January 6th. Three former FBI officials are set to testify before the House Select Committee on Weaponization of the Federal Government, revealing alleged abuses of power within the Bureau. These FBI agents, Garrett O'Boyle, Stephen Friend, and Marcus Allen, will shed light on issues ranging from discrimination against conservatives to the inflation of domestic terrorism statistics. The significance of their testimony lies in exposing the FBI's alleged politicized actions and manipulation of data, providing a glimpse into potential abuses of the agency. Pursuant of domestic violent extremism cases and disregard for standard procedures, during a closed-door interview with the select committee, O'Boyle and Friend expressed concerns about FBI's leadership's instructions to focus on investigations related to domestic violent extremism, particularly in cases linked to the events of January 6, 2021 at the Capitol. They reported being directed to bypass standard investigation procedures, which raised questions about the agency's handling of such cases. Inflated statistics and political narrative, the former agents accused the FBI of inflating statistics related to domestic violent extremism to align with the Biden administration's political narrative that extremism is on the rise nationwide. By manipulating the case files, the FBI allegedly created false crime statistics misrepresenting the reality of the situation. This revelation implies that the agency may have been actively promoting a certain viewpoint 
rather than presenting an accurate assessment of the situation. Shifting priorities at January 6th investigations over sex, uh, child sex crimes. In addition to inflating statistics, the whistleblowers claim the FBI leadership instructed agents to prioritize investigations related to the events of January 6th over child sex crime cases. The shift in priorities raises concern about the allocation of resources and potential neglect of pressing criminal matters. It suggests a possible politicalization of the agency's agenda. Retaliation against whistleblowers, friend who voices concerns about these issues to his superiors, had a security clearance revoked in September as purported act of retaliation. Well, Boyle also faces the same consequences. These retaliatory measures indicate an effort to suppress dissent within the agency and maintain a certain narrative without considering the potential impact and truth and justice. New evidence in previous reports. Marcus Allen is expected to present new evidence that could further support the claims made by the whistleblowers. Additionally, the this hearing builds upon a thousand-page report published by Republicans in November, which documented alleged politicalization within the FBI and the Department of Justice. The report included disclosures from 14 whistleblowers exposing political bias, manipulation of statistics, and a downplayed investigation into Hunter Biden, among other abuses. The upcoming whistleblower hearing provides a platform for Former FBI officials have shed light on the alleged abuses of power within the agency. Their testimony suggests a potential politicalization of the FBI with claims of discrimination against conservatives and the manipulation of domestic terrorism statistics. By challenging the actions of FBI leadership, these whistleblowers aim to restore trust in the agency and ensure it operates with transparency and integrity. I hope that it leads to the absolute end of the FBI. This is atrocious. We also have... Uh, you, you remember we were talking about the IRS whistleblower who came out and was putting the information about uh, they were the ones investigating Hunter Biden. They were told to basically bury it. Yep. Well, they've been removed from yeah. that investigation. Their whole team has been removed um, by the Treasury Department. Um, we had other whistleblowers that came to Congress, um, and they've disappeared. This yeah. is uh, private people that came forth about the bank records, about the financial dealings of the Biden family. And all of these whistleblowers have mysteriously disappeared. Suicide hotline. Hillary's yep. suicide hotline has been busy. It has. Uh, interestingly enough, Elon Musk was uh, interviewed by David Faber yesterday on Twitter Spaces. Um, and they he, he asked Elon, why are you spreading all these conspiracy theories on Twitter? And Elon said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, why are you spreading these conspiracies? He goes, well, because the majority of them are actually true. And he says, well, like what? And he goes, Hunter Biden's laptop. And Faber's like, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then Elon Musk <laughs> went on to say that the oh Hunter Biden gosh. laptop story was election interference. And he's absolutely right. But then at the same time, Elon Musk is out there saying that he thinks Joe Biden was the winner of the election still. Legit. I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You confuse me. So I, I don't know about Elon. He's his own man. He's got his own connections. Who knows? I I, I can't speak for him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if he saw things that we see every day that he'd probably change his mind on that. I don't think he's dumb. I think he's playing a character, dude. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, and he also doesn't <laughs> want to lose his government contracts. Right. Yes. I so, think he uh, values his companies and his projects over truth sometimes agree that's just yeah now since the 2022 election i've drawn concern about uh representative george santos i said there's something off about this guy this doesn't look right said this from the beginning uh we're finding out that he's a cross-dresser 
that he's uh, um, a financial thief, stole tons of money from his own campaign. Uh, now we have uh, his communications chief was caught by um, uh, O'Keefe Media Group. Uh, Nisa Woomer, communications director in, for the embattled Congressman Santos, was telling Fox News producers that her boss is a bad person who she hopes will be removed from Congress. And I believe that the Democrats have actually put in articles of impeachment against Santos, which I hope Republicans actually jump on and they agree and get rid of this piece of shit, because I think he's a plant in there. Yeah, I very well could be. Now, Jeffrey Epstein, on the other hand, we know that Elon Musk got uh, subpoenaed in the Epstein information, right? Uh, well, Jeffrey, yeah. Ep Jeffrey Epstein moved $270,000 for Noam Chomsky and paid Leon Bostein $150,000. So this is quite interesting. He transferred $270,000 between accounts for Noam Chomsky and paid Bard College's Leon Bostein after he pleaded guilty in 2008 to soliciting and procuring a monitor for prostitution. The two academics have confirmed to the Wall Street Junior, Junior Journal which calls a transaction another glimpse into how the late disgraced financier, financier provided favors for those who were associated with him. So Bostein and Chomsky met multiple times with Epstein after he was a registered sex offender. The Wall Street Journal recently reported Chomsky, a political activist and professor, told the journal that they met occasionally to discuss political and academic topics. Sure, Chomsky. Bostein, uh, the longtime leader of the Bard College in New York, said he met with Epstein in an attempt to raise funds for the school. Of course you did. Right. We went to church together a few times. That's about it. Yeah. This is fucking unbelievable, man. I mean, I I'm glad all this stuff is coming to the surface. I'm glad all these the, the deception is being unveiled and being revealed. But um, these people need to to be held responsible for their crimes. This is just this is just bad. These people need to be held responsible for their crimes. H how about this one? The FBI conducted thousands of queries on digital data collected on U.S. citizens in 2021 and 2022, despite having no warrant and no justification under the FBI's own rules, according to an internal report released on May 10th. The audit conducted by the office, FBI Office of Internal Auditing was intended to examine the agency's compliance with rules for querying data uh, the government routine, routinely collects on U.S. citizens under Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of uh, 1978. FISA allows the government to collect electronic data, including cell phone calls, text messages, and emails of foreigners overseas, even if the communications involve a U.S. citizen. U.S. agencies can then search the data in connection with national security investigations. Under rules approved by the FISA court, any search of that data involving a U.S. citizen must meet three criteria. It must be for the purpose of retrieving foreign intelligence information or evidence of a crime, reasonably designed to avoid unnecessary retrieving information not related to the purpose and justified by a specific factual basis indicating that it's likely to retrieve foreign intelligence information or evidence of a crime. So according to the report, uh, searches of FISA data failed to meet those criteria 4% of the time between July 1st to March 31st. The most common failure was listing sufficient justification for the search. According to the separate FBI report, the agency conducted more than 204,000 inquiries of FISA data on U.S. citizens in 2022, given a 4% non-compliance rate that would indicate that the digital communications and Americans were obtained by the, the FBI more than 8,000 times with no warrant or proper justification. More crime. Yeah, more crime by the FBI. Good God. 
So in some good news, George Soros-backed attorney, uh, U.S. attorney resigns over ethics scandal involving Jill Biden. So uh, U.S. attorney with ties to George Soros has been forced to resign amidst an ethics scandal involving none other than Jill Biden. Rachel Rollins, a prosecutor backed by Soros, has come under intense scrutiny for her questionable judgment and partisan behavior. According to the investigation report, Rollins attended a partisan political fundraiser featuring Dr. Biden on July 14, 2022. Despite receiving explicit advice from the MA. USAO staff. The report states Rollins agreed to plan where she would meet with Jill Biden outside the event and not go inside the home where the fundraiser was be held. However, Rollins ignored this guidance and went in to mingle with the guest, standing in the receiving line to meet Jill Biden, and even posted photos with event host guests and a U.S. senator. These actions were in direct violation of the ethical standards expected from a U.S. attorney. Oh, I'm glad, like, justice is coming for this shit, right? Yeah, a little bit. When it's blatant like that. All right. Oh, God, I love that one. So we'll look at that in a second. Colorado Republican loses conservative stronghold they've held for 45 years. So this is kind of interesting, though. So um, independent candidate, independent candidate, he's more Democrat, but he's independent, Yemi uh, Mabolade triumphed in Colorado Springs mayor race against veteran Republican Wayne Williams during May 16th runoff. Okay. Yeah. I heard about this. Okay. Now, do you know much about uh, this uh, Wayne Williams dude? No. So let me see if I can find this here. Colorado Springs mm -hmm. is the, uh, is the County um, for El Paso County. Colorado Springs is a city in El, of El Paso County. Um, El Paso County is the only county in the nation that is home to five military commands. Okay. So it's highly unlikely that a conservative would lose that spot. Wayne Williams, the current mayor who just lost the Republican was a, is a senior advisor to Runbeck. Remember Runbeck? The form, he is the former Secretary of State that installed Dominion in Colorado in 2015 and mandated its use. He's um, the husband of the El Paso County, uh, County Commissioner, Holly Williams, who approves the multi-million dollar contract with Runbeck and Dominion. Williams was one of kidding. the biggest problems. So a lot of people are saying that this was not a loss for the Republicans, um, that if uh, Mabalade is actually a decent human being, that he could actually do some good. And I think that that's potentially why he got that vote. But it's mm -hmm. interesting we see two flip seats because Democrats have beat DeSantis an endorsed candidate in Florida's biggest city. Uh, Democrat Donna Deegan, a former television anchor and founder of the charity group that works with breast cancer victims, upset Republican Daniel Davis to win the mayor's race in Jacksonville, Florida. I don't have any faith in these, though. I really don't, but uh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I found this interesting. Newsweek published an article. Uh, it's funny. The Durham report is no exoneration of Trump's actions when it comes to Russia. Opinion piece. <laughs> the senior lecturer in African-American studies at the Department of the University of Maryland College Park. I, I, I'm sorry. How does a, a senior lecturer in African-American studies at the University of Maryland get a op-ed opinion piece on the Durham report? 
Like, you can't really... Is, is Newsweek, like, <laughs> suffering this bad for people that they have to come up with a senior lecturer of African-American studies at the, the University of Maryland, College Park, to find someone who disagrees that the Durham report is no exoneration of Trump's actions? That's ridiculous, isn't it? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and let's, for the last seven... MAGA faction has reactionary right was waited and baited breath for the results of the investigation of special counsel John Durham and the FBI's probe of uh, former President Trump's ties to Russia. To hear the right tell it, the Durham report was going to expose the deep state, how it had in for Donald Trump and undermined our free and fair elections. The report would lead to countless criminal prosecutions we were promised. I, I agree with that statement, at the least of the end part. Instead, the report that came out this week turns out to be a 300-page demerit for the FBI uh, for not thoroughly vetting information with sufficient analytical rigor. rigor. The report's underwhelming nature was certainly not for a lack of trying. Previously, Durham tried his hand, blah, blah, blah. And it, and it just goes in talking about uh, Deschenko and Sussman. But you notice he doesn't go in here and discuss Obama, Brennan, the April, uh, the August 16th meeting, how they all knew about it, how the information in the report was absolute baloney, malarkey, bullshit, and not true. But okay. Oh, man. Hey, so did you hear about uh, Target these days? <laughs> I Round did. World. Yeah, dude. Good God. Okay, no way. No more shopping. At Target for me. No way, no way, no way. This is in the kids section. This is kids section. Kids section. Kids section. Baby section. Like, yeah, this is a baby section, kids section of Target, as you can tell. Like, it's crazy. Unfreaking believable. Yeah, the tuck swimmer for the kids is the most outrageous part of all of that. Um, the tucks, as in tuck your tuck junk? your junk in your swimsuit sizes for kids with a tag that says, like, made for tucking or tuckable or whatever, extra designed for that. And it's for kids. Yes. And. I mean, this is clearly grooming children, and it's for it's for mentally ill people to dress up their children as a girl. Stop shopping at Target. Target was almost at yeah. bankruptcy last year. I don't even know how they're still around. Hey, I got an idea, guys. Let's sell <laughs> tranny wear. Yeah, because that worked real well for Anheuser-Busch. You know how some people are defending them? They're like, it's not for kids. It's in the queer section or whatever they call it. Yeah. It's the pride section, not the kids section. Get the hell out of here. So Budweiser has released a camel print bottle in attempts to recover from the boycott fallout. Um, <laughs> Budweiser is going bankrupt. You know what's the problem? People aren't going to be able to see their cans now, and they're not going to be able to buy yeah. them. Where, where did they go? <laughs> I went to the store to look for Budweiser, but I couldn't see them. They were hidden. <laughs> uh, if reelected, Trump promises to release all the JFK assassination files. You know, I've heard this before. 
pretty sure I heard that in 2016. Yeah, right. He said the same thing then. Now, if he comes out and says he's going to release the Roswell files, maybe I'll vote for him. Maybe you'll vote for him. <laughs> uh, Africa is going to send six presidents to Moscow and Kiev. The leaders will go to Russia and Ukraine, hoping to create conditions for peace negotiation, according to South Africa's foreign ministry. Wait a minute. Is this the same South Africa that's on the brink of economic collapse and social collapse due to their degrading energy grid to where opposition leader we listened to yesterday literally came out and said, prepare yourself, get your generators ready and get your machetes ready because there's going to be a war and all the white people are leaving. Oh yeah. Good luck with that. South Africa. Yikes. Why are America, why are murder rates in so many American cities comparable to the most violent countries on the planet? We have murder rates in liberal cities, St. Louis, Baltimore, in Jamaica, Birmingham, South Africa, Detroit, St. Lucia. Like literally American cities are just have larger murder rates than whole entire countries like Brazil. We've all seen video footage of Brazil, right? Yeah. Like there's people shooting people all over the place. St. Louis has three times the amount of murders. Jamaica, like in Jamaica, when you go to your hotel, you don't leave it. You're white. You stay there or you will die. They will rob you and kill you and then rob you again. Okay. St. Louis, more murders than Jamaica, more murders than freaking Honduras, Belize, Mexico, Colombia, Brazil. It's pretty sad, isn't it? And Brazil's been moving down that list. You want to know why Brazil's been moving down that list? Mm, yes. Well, so Bolsonaro, the last president, um, when Trump and him were, were talking one day, he was talking about the amount of gang violence and increased violent crimes that were occurring in Brazil. People going into shops and robbing people, stealing kids, all this. And Trump said, have your citizens buy guns. And Bolsonaro basically told people, Open season. As many guns as you want. If they come and rob you, shoot them. So a lot of these these videos that you see on TikTok and on Twitter of the yeah. people getting shot, going to rob people, this is in Brazil of people fighting back. It's a good deterrent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It actually works. By golly, Sam, it actually works. One of the four COVID-19 vaccines authorized in the United States is no longer available, according to the nation's public health agency. Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine is no longer available in the U.S. The U.S. Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention stated in a recent update. That's due to the vaccine expiring on May 7th. Healthcare workers were advised to dispose of any remaining doses in accordance with regulations. The CDC and Johnson & Johnson didn't respond to requests for comment. U.S. regulators first cleared the jab in February 2021, giving Americans an alternative to the messenger RNA-based Moderna and Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine became popular in part because it, it's only a single dose. The messenger RNA vaccines each have primary series of two doses. But uptake slowed after U.S. authorities paused recommending the vaccine because of concerns of the reported link to blood clotting and low platelet levels, a condition called thrombosis and a thrombocytopenia syndrome. That can cause death. About 15% of the post-vaccination uh, post TTS cases have been 
fatal. Regulators limited the availability of the vaccine in 2022 because exper experts determined it caused TTS. Since March, recipients have also been warned that they face an increased risk of myocarditis or heart inflammation and a related condition called pericarditis. So they're going to destroy all the leftover government paid for, tax dollar paid for vaccines of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So you know, you know what we call that in uh, law enforcement, Vince? Destroying evidence. Destroying evidence. Hmm. I think people have some. People still have some. Yep. The FDA has approved a fake meat company's lab-grown chicken, even though it has ties to China's biowarfare programs. I, I, I like Chinese chicken, but not like that. Yeah. I like Chinese chicken, but not like that. No, dude. Uh-uh. Oh, God. Um, man. There's probably so much. No, there's not that much more. I, I'm going to go through. I'm going to give some shout outs here real quick, guys. We have okay. something known as the uh, uh, the battle of the streams between Rumble, DLive, Pilled, and Facebook. Much appreciated for everybody who um, who donates there. It does help us out a lot at the Red Pill Project. Uh, RPG3573 donated three ice cream. Grismo7 is celebrating a 21-month uh, subscription streak. And Grismo7 also donated three lemons. Yay, two ice creams. Thank you so much. RPG3573, Grismo, and yay. Shannon1313, three lemons. Love the beach. Two ice cream. Enlightened Science, four ice cream. Four lemons. Thank you much, so much, Shannon. Love the beach. Enlightened Science. Hillbilly Jackill donated five lemons. Grandma Fiber Bolt, five lemons. And X Grits X, four lemons. Thank you so much, Hillbilly Jackill. Grandma Fiber Bolt. And X Grits X. Darla Mel gifted a can on pill. Thank you so much, Darla Mel. Annie Bean donated one ice cream and me, Brenda, one ninja guinea. Thank you so much, Darla Mel. Annie Bean and me, Brenda. Patriot of Pisces, one diamond, two diamonds. Joe Gallo, one lemon. Thank you so much, Patriot of Pisces and Joe Gallo. And Patriot of Pisces again, three ice cream and Shannon 1313, two lemons. Thank you so much, Shannon 13, Patriot of Pisces, and everybody else who has given their. Um, on the battle of the streams, you guys definitely do help us out a lot with everything that's going on. Um, I know there some people for so our zooms have moved to subscription for the Q and A's and the after darts and the after show zooms. I know some people are saying they're having trouble. I'm going to try to fix that right after the show today. Uh, hopefully that works. But if you're having trouble getting into the Zoom and you are a paid subscriber on any of the platforms, just let me know. We will send you the link and we'll get you in there. Uh, but please do if you do listen to the show, join the social red pill socialredpill.com. It, if it's complicated to join up, I apologize. We use a third party called Mighty Networks. They're pretty good though. A lot of, we've had over 8,000 people join up, so it can't be that difficult, but join up, download the app if you have to. Um, one thing I recommend with using the Zooms is don't open the Zoom up in the app. Copy the link, go to your phone, go to Zoom or a browser and open it up that way. It works way better. Okay, um, but please join, join up for the social red pill, socialredpill.com. Check that out. Go on over to redpills.tv, redpills.tv, and check us out over there as well. Subscribe on there with your email address as well as check out our sponsors and ways to support us over there. There's a support tab right at the top. Um, let me see. I can probably make this announcement right now. So Friday night. Friday night conversations on the fringe this week. 
this week, we have a guest coming on, two guests coming on. So if you watched Earth Chronicles earlier today, David Whitehead was talking about an interview that he did with Dr. Richard Sauter. Um, underwater and underground bases, deep underground military bases, the cool. evidence showing. So Friday night, Dr. Richard Sauter and David Whitehead are going to join me on Conversations on the Fringe for an epic episode talking about dumbs, deep underground military bases, and other types of underwater and underground complexes, and a whole bunch of conspiracies, tunnel systems underneath the earth, every continent on this planet. We're going to talk some, some crazy stuff. So it's going to be a great show. Don't forget to tune into that Friday night. That's going to be a great show. Afterwards, we do have Fringe After Dark, where we're going to continue the conversation. So you have to be a subscriber member for that. Um, don't forget, we have the camping trip coming up at the end of July. Um, the venue, we're going to probably change the venue so there's RV hookups, but I have to reserve the spots. You might have to reserve your own spot. So if you are going, um, let me know. Like I would put a poll out there earlier on social red pill. Let, let us know what, like, what you need, an RV spot, uh, camping spot. There's only one cabin available. So you need to like, we'll have to get all this situated, <clears throat> but it's about 30 minutes away from, um, Skinwalker Ranch because anything near Skinwalker Ranch does not have any RV hookups, no showers, all those types of stuff. So we wanted to have that. So we're going to move it a little bit away. So keep that in mind. It doesn't change anything in the date, time, location, just moving 30 minutes away closer to civilization, but still camping. Uh, I believe it's a KOA or it's not a KOA. It's a, a state run park. So be fun. It'll be great. It'll be a good time. Uh, that's in the end of July. You can find that in socialredpill.com under the events tab. Uh, Ju July 2nd in Rochester, New York, actually Canisius Lake at the Beachcomber. There's a meet and greet with myself and Jim Price. Fourth uh, of July celebration from noon to three. I've had a few people contact me about that. You can find it directly on our Facebook page under events, or you can go to the WYSL's pa uh, uh, Facebook page and find it there under their events. Um, so guys, that's all I have for you tonight. Great show. Epic show. Vince, any final thoughts? And then again, we're reading lips here. Oh, I think I'll live stream that uh, FBI thing tomorrow morning, or what the hell's going on tomorrow morning? Department of Justice. I don't know. What, I, I know Marjorie Taylor Greene has major announcements with the impeachment articles. Uh, hold on a sec. Oh, gosh. I don't have it in front of me anymore. Oh, members of the House Judiciary Committee and Select Subcommittee on Weaponization of the Federal Government will hold a press conference tomorrow, May 18th at AAM yeah. to release an interim report of FBI whistleblower testimony and how the Bureau has retaliated against brave whistleblowers who have come forth to expose the abuses they have witnessed. I think we'll just live stream that to start Quaffy off. So oh, okay, see cool. you guys then. Cool, guys. Well, much love, respect. God bless you guys. Take care. I might be popping into Zoom tonight for all those subscribers on there to the, the say hi for a little while, but uh, we'll talk to you guys all then. Have a great night. Take care, guys. We'll see you guys next. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Ipatch the game. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. 
frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And uh, you know that's the beginning of communism.